The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Today it is an MRI Monday around the NFL. We got, I guess, relatively good news on Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, who, according to NFL Network, has only bruised ribs. So if that is the case, may only be a one-week thing. I can't imagine that that he'll play this week in Las Vegas. We'll wait on Carson Wentz. We'll wait on Tyrod Taylor. No reason to believe that Justin Fields won't take over in Chicago. Those are just some of the injuries that we're following. Also, Deontay Johnson. Uh, Looks like he's avoided a serious injury. We'll see if he is out or in this week. Plenty to get to here on the show. That's where we'll begin our headlines here uh, with those MRIs waiting to find out there. Uh, Can another underdog cover on Monday Night Football? Uh, Packers minus 11 at home. It's, uh, It's basically been underdog city all season long. Oregon moving into the top three in the AP poll. They flip with Oklahoma. The Sooners have not looked that great to start the season. And a 12-game slate tonight in Major League Baseball. And I suppose, Davis, we could spend a couple minutes here on college. Uh, my Gators, I thought, looked awesome. I really was very encouraged to see them play as well as they did against Alabama. And and I would say this. You know, the Gators are, are, are maybe going to get their shot against them again. Because they'll, they'll have to beat Georgia. Georgia's very good. They'll have to beat Georgia in order to get to the SEC championship game. But what I think Florida did, Davis is I think that they set a little bit of a blueprint for some other teams in the SEC to maybe beat Alabama later in the season. That Alabama had a hard time stopping the run. When, when have we ever said that about them in college football? Look, they had a really tough time doing it. Well, they did, and you know, a huge part of that was Emory Jones, 19 carries, 77 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. Malik Davis had uh, had a big game as well. But you're right. I mean, that's kind of always been Alabama's thing: is they they put you in a corner by not allowing you to run, and then forcing the subpar quarterback to try and pick them apart. I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, those guys were not able to get it done against uh this Alabama defense and their their you know stars in the NFL so it, it's not surprising to see teams struggle to pass against Alabama uh so good good for your Gators for covering uh I guess you know maybe the other interesting thing with Alabama is that it looks like Brian Robinson Jr. is not maybe that same caliber of of player as you know uh you know Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram and Damian Harris and Josh Jake like he might be a little bit worse than that I mean I'm not ready to like definitively say that right now but that's always been Alabama's thing is they always basically have the best running back and college football does not quite look like Brian Robinson is that good and then also Bryce Young not really using his legs all that effectively which um we kind of thought that he would you know we thought that he would be a good runner and then again John Meachie the third he's he's supposed to be the next in that long line of 
Ruggs and Devonta Smith and Julio Jones and Amari Cooper. And, you know, in this game, he kind of, you know, four for four for 60 or six for 49, like not, not uh, the best game. So maybe this Alabama team is, is good, but maybe not quite as good as some of those insane Alabama teams of years past. Listen, Nick Saban never, he rarely would say that they still have a lot of things to work on. I made fun of it two weeks ago. Maybe he was right. I mean, maybe that is the case. I'll tell you, they play uh, Mississippi Davis in two weeks, and Matt Corral, who I think is now the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. So my Sports Grid 60 last week aged pretty well. Uh, I think he's like 2-1 to one now to win. I mean, can you imagine if Mississippi, and they'll, and they'll be at least three, under, three touchdown underdogs going into Alabama. Who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened in college football. By the way, your Sooners, what's going on with them, too? They didn't, they didn't look that great either. Well, Spencer Rattler is just not good. I mean, that just that, that is just straight up what it is, is that Spencer Rattler is much worse than Jalen Hurts, than Kyler Murray, than Baker Mayfield, right? They, they've had literal Heisman Trophy winners at quarterback. Or I guess Hurts, Hurts didn't win, but honestly, to me, he should have won. Uh, uh, but I, I, I really think it's that simple. It's just Rattler is just not as good, right? He, he's like a B-plus college quarterback. A B-plus college quarterback is not enough. Uh, for for this Oklahoma team that does not have a very good defense to win a national championship. And and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe Rattler's just going through some growing pains, but what's very clear watching him is he just does not understand what the defense is doing to him, right? Like, he just just does not understand, um, you know, uh, when when the safeties are manipulating him, and he doesn't understand, you know, he's not great at picking man versus zone. I mean, he, he threw this one ball that did not end up getting intercepted, but the defense basically tricked him into thinking this guy was wide open, and by the time the ball got there, there were three Nebraska defenders in between the wide receiver that he was targeting in between the ball, and it's just like that stuff is not going to fly for for uh, for Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, Penn State, by the way, uh, what a great game that was too between Penn State and Auburn. I was watching so much college football Saturday. Uh, that that whiteout atmosphere at night in Happy Valley. Uh, Auburn played a great game. They had a chance to win in the end. I thought that was exciting. And Davis, Penn State, and, and I know, listen, we're not going to trust the, the Big Ten. I get it. But Penn State back in the top ten for the first time in a couple of years, too. I mean, we could have, with Clemson already losing to Georgia, Davis, I mean, we could have some, you know, like two new teams maybe in the playoff this year. We know Alabama will be there, but we could have like two new teams, right? It's possible. We could, uh, you know, I mean, at, at this stage of the season, I just, I don't want to declaratively say anything because to me, it looks like there's not a dominant college football team that season. Maybe. I think that's the story. Yeah. There, there just is no dominant team. Yeah, it may, I look, Oregon has looked as good as anyone. So it's interesting that, that that is the key team thus far. So plenty more to come here on the show. We'll get back into fantasy coming up next. Big game tonight, Monday Night Football. Uh, do you just simply roll with the Packers, or are you of the belief that the Lions showed enough last week to hang into the game? We'll give you some props coming up next, courtesy of the Underdog app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. 
the crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Okay, now it is time for those of you who are interested in perhaps making a free wager tonight to check out the Underdog app, which is completely free over on Apple and Android, as well as the Google Play Store. So if you download it and use this promo code we're going to show you, GRID, G-R-I-D, with your first deposit, it gives you the opportunity to place a free prop wager. And there is certainly money to be made tonight, Davis, in this Monday night football game. Uh, the the Packers are a huge favorites tonight, minus 11 over the Lions. But the Lions, I thought last week, showed a lot in that second half against a good team in San Francisco. And by the way, this is the same San Francisco team that played really well against Philadelphia. So... Who am I to discount the Lions tonight? Maybe they do put up 24 points against the Packers. Packers gave up three touchdowns last week against Jameis Winston. So why can't this be a fun, competitive game? Let's go through some of the possibilities, Davis, in terms of the props tonight. And if people get signed up, which ones should they use? So uh, definitely sign up for the Underdog Fantasy app. Use the promo code GRID if you're already signed up. Uh, you know, no big deal. No big deal. We still got your back. Uh, so this is kind of what I think is going to happen. Doesn't this feel like the like the overreaction game where everyone expects the Packers to lay an egg, but they they just figure it out. They're a veteran team, and they they had an off game in Week One. They shake the rust off and they lay the hammer down against the Detroit Lions. And by the way, the Lions looked pretty hapless through three quarters in week one, and then through 32 pass attempts in the fourth quarter against the 49ers, got very lucky with an onside kick, got lucky with a couple two-point conversions, not one, but two two two-point conversions. Like I, I think that... The Packers are better than people think after week one, and the Lions are are probably a little bit worse. So what I actually anticipate kind of a similar game script to week one, where the Packers are running the ball a ton, the Ro- and Rodgers looks a little bit better, and uh, the Lions really struggle to move the ball in the, uh, the first half. All right, so let's take a look at some of these props. Uh, Jared Goff, 17.5 fantasy points. You like the over there. Uh, DeAndre Swift, over 69.5 points on the uh, Underdog app. We've got that as a combined rushing and receiving yards. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, under 22.5 or 22.5 fantasy points. Devontae Adams, over 88.5 receiving yards. And Robert Tunyon of Green Bay, uh, 32.5 receiving yards. So that kind of fits that narrative of, of Green Bay for you. Uh, Davis having a big game and you know certainly uh, Goff doesn't need to do a lot to go over his total as well 
Yeah, so starting off with Jared Goff, 17 and a half fantasy points. I, I think we might be sitting there at halftime. Jared Goff has like three and a half fantasy points, and you're like, oh my gosh, what have I done? The Packers are 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 all the way up, and we're we're feeling absolutely brutal about it. And then Jared Goff comes in the second half and starts throwing the ball all over the yard. I also, by the way, like TJ Hawkinson's over, I believe it is 64 and a half receiving yards. I think that you can correlate those two. I love that uh, that underdog allows us to correlate those fantasy points. So I, I like the over there. And then basically the same sort of thought with DeAndre Swift. Now, I mean, if, if they set the line at like 42 and a half rushing yards, I, I might want to take the under on that. But what was so encouraging about DeAndre Swift's performance in week one from a fantasy perspective was that he ran a bunch of routes and had 11 targets in the passing game. So it looks like, uh, you know, what DeAndre Swift did at Georgia, what he did as a rookie in terms of being a receiver, it seems like that is going to go pretty well. Um, so I, I am excited about those. Those two, I think, are the ones that I have the most confidence in. So if you just wanted to do your little 3X wager uh, where you only pick two on the underdog app, I think I would lead with those two. Then moving to the Green Bay side of the ball, we have Aaron Rodgers under 22 and a half fantasy points. Uh, that one is interesting because basically what I'm saying there is I think the Packers have a good game but I don't know how many touchdowns Aaron Rodgers combines for because touchdowns are going to be a huge driving factor for the fantasy points on the underdog app. And, you know, Craig, what I what I anticipate is that I think this is my bold call. I think A.J. Dillon has a huge game here for the Green Bay Packers. You know, I think Aaron Jones will do his thing, get his receptions and everything. But I think that we, we kind of have the national coming out party for A.J. Dillon, similar to how Tony Pollard just had that huge game while Ezekiel Elliott still got his 15 fantasy points for the Cowboys yesterday. Yeah, look, I, I think that's possible. I, you know, I, I don't really see the game the same way as you tonight. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like following along with what's the trend in the NFL, which is basically the home teams are not covering, the road teams are. Um, and, and on top of that, I would say that it is a overreaction to believe that the Packers – will be as bad as they were last week. But the Saints were awful. And the Saints smashed the Packers last week on a neutral site. So I cannot sit here and just jump back on blindly and say that all of a sudden the Packers are just going to get it right tonight. Like, I think they'll be better. I mean, they can't be worse. But I don't know. I'm, a li- I'm, I'm sort of a little worried. I'm sort of a little worried that the Packers may struggle a little bit and and i and i am just taking dogs like crazy and it's working so um i don't know i i I really liked what i saw the one point that you do make that it is true detroit did get an onside kick and that did lead uh that's unusual and that does you know that led to another touchdown for for them against san francisco which is not something that normally happens so i do have that uh sitting in my mind here but I think this may be a close game. I, I think the Lions may have a chance to win this game tonight. The NFL has just been flat-out insane with the dogs. Uh, in the Super Contest this past week, I was texting everybody this, uh, the, the five, Davis, the five most-picked games in the Super Contest, which is arguably the best you know, contest in, in the country that's going on, all five lost. All five against the spread lost. So... To me, you know, obviously it shows nobody really knows anything, 
But in the end, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would say expect the unexpected. So I don't know that we see this game the same way tonight. Yeah, I mean, I now to be clear, I do think the Lions will cover here. Uh, so I have Devontae okay. Adams over 88 and a half yards, Robert Tunyon over 32 and a half. You know, I think a lot of the a lot of the narrative among smart fantasy analysts is that MVS actually looks like the guy who's most primed to bounce back. He led the Packers in air yards in week one. But Tunyon just I, I don't know, like Tunyon just kind of fits with Rodgers. Uh, but what what I see happening here, right? I already I already said the AJ Dillon thing. But the Lions are actually going to be a friendly team for us in fantasy because what you don't want bad teams to do is what the Texans are doing or what the Jets were doing last year where they're down two touchdowns and they just keep trying to run their offense, right? Run, run, pass. We, we, we cannot have that because that makes teams unusable for fantasy. They don't get the touchdowns. They don't generate the PPR points that you need. But through one week and given the evidence from the 49ers game, it looks like when the Lions get down, they're just saying, all right, let's do this, right? Let, let's throw the ball every down. Let's let's get points on the board. Let's be aggressive. Let's go for it on fourth down. Let's go for two points. Let's go for the onside kicks. And anytime you have a coaching staff being aggressive, that's gonna it's going to be hard for them to not cover these huge point spreads if they're still doing absolutely everything they can to put points on the board in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, it, it may just be that Campbell is is not going to coach the team well in the first half of any game this year, and by default that they're down, we see a lot of what we saw last week. I mean, I think that's a valid uh, valid point, and, um, and it could be tonight for sure. We'll see. Um, I'm curious to see how this one works out for sure. Uh, okay, coming up next, it's time for us to dive back into the games, the wildest game that was not Sunday night. Yeah, I guess Sunday night kind of was was the wildest but uh early at least arizona minnesota was was just a fun game to watch yesterday and and from a fantasy and reality perspective so we'll jump back into this game coming up next we'll also get into the later games as we continue on here on fantasy sports today so stay with us and stay on the grid plenty more to come we got you up until two o'clock eastern also programming reminder uh, I'll be out tomorrow. George Kurtz will be in for me. So make sure you catch the Monday Night Recap tomorrow here on Twitter. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
welcome back. If you are following us on Twitter, then you know already how to do it. But if not, here is what you do. You go to your app store, whether it is you have an iPhone or an Android or Google Play, and download Twitter. It's completely free. And follow us there at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV, whether it is the early line, the morning after, our show here on Fantasy Sports Today, uh, of course, in-game live, Scott Farrell, uh, any of our shows. If you miss any of them, we're posting clips constantly of the things that we're doing here on the show, our clips, our picks, our information. So make sure you uh, you follow us there, no doubt. And if you followed uh, me last week, I told you my favorite play was the Minnesota Vikings. I wish Davis would have bet me on this one head-to-head. But at the last minute, we went off the air. I don't know what happened. You'll uh, Next time we're making that bet. Uh, but needless to say... This game could have went either way. I mean, Arizona could have clearly covered this one. But uh, I'm, I'm a little worried about them defensively. They don't look right. But Kyler Murray is a monster. What are you going to say at this point? I mean, if he's if it's not Tom Brady, you want Kyler Murray, I guess. Four more touchdowns for him. 400 yards. Unstoppable. All day long. Up, down, up, down. Did throw a couple picks. And, and that's why Minnesota covered. Uh, Rondell Moore, seven receptions. He's also great. 114 yards and a touchdown. I wish I would have him in every league right now. DeAndre Hopkins, four for 54 and a score. A.J. Green scored a touchdown, his first with the Cardinals. Max Williams back involved. This is a shocker. Seven for 84. Boy, did I not see that coming. Uh, on the side of Minnesota, they ju- you know Arizona's defense is just terrible, so they just were going up and down. 22 of 32, 244 for Cousins. 35 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook left this game briefly, came back in, went for 131. Adam Thielen with another touchdown. Good to see Justin Jefferson get involved. And the chance to pick up K.J. Osborne on the waiver wire officially is uh, probably over because he looks like a star, too. Five receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown. I saw a lot of people on social media talking about him, Davis, playing him. Uh, against Arizona this past week. But uh, nonetheless, what is the common theme here? Team playing at home, team is a favorite, team doesn't cover. Minnesota actually could have won the game with a field goal in the end. Uh, But from a fantasy perspective, I suppose if we're looking back, Davis, and we want to do it all over again, I guess we want Kyler Murray, number one, in fantasy at quarterback, correct? Uh, it's pretty close between Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes, I think. I mean, Mahomes had uh, the the four touchdowns last night. Mahomes still looks, uh, you know, that offense is pretty good. Kyler does add that uh, that rushing upside that uh, Mahomes does not exactly have 31 rushing yards and adds another rushing touchdown in this game. And, you know, with, with Kyler, I mean, he did this last year, right? Through nine weeks, Kyler Murray had the most fantasy points any player in NFL history has ever had through nine weeks then he injured his shoulder his accuracy as a passer suffered and they stopped running him so much you know Kyler is uh, I think five nine uh you know not not a big guy so a little bit easier for him to get banged up and then you know uh, a couple interesting things huge target share for Rondell Moore seven for 114 and a touchdown they also tried to scheme him another touchdown he almost scored and then uh, the ball got ripped out of his hands as he was heading across the pylon on one of those little jet sweep plays. So it could have been an even bigger day for Rondell Moore. I think next week against Jacksonville, I'm going to pretty confidently rank Rondell Moore as a starter in fantasy football. And Rondell Moore's presence is also really hampering DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins got all of his fantasy points on the Cardinals' first drive. He had four for 54 and a touchdown on the Cardinals' first drive. And that was it. No more, no more targets, no more receptions for the rest of the way for DeAndre Hopkins. And, and the other thing is, uh, if you were maybe holding out some hope for James Conner, 
just really looks like it's not going to happen for him. Uh, you know, maybe he'll end up scoring some goal line rushing touchdowns, but Kyler's better at that than he is anyway. And then on the Vikings, you know the drill. It's Dalvin, it's Steele, and it's Jefferson. Osborne is going to have, uh, you know, he, he has a 70% target share through two games, but I, I'm not feeling that exuberant about the third wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. I suppose he is he still on the waiver wire anywhere? Uh, I mean, I guess maybe he's not. I mean, so many people were talking about him. I was shocked. Somebody actually asked me, texted if they should start him. I'm like, start him. I mean, I don't even think he's owned in my league, but um, you know, maybe maybe he's a decent waiver wire uh, guy on Wednesday. We'll uh, we'll touch on that. Um, okay, uh, another predictable result: Seattle home, huge favorite. No, doesn't work out. <laughs> That's like the entire uh, NFL through two weeks. Uh, Tennessee looked dead in the water in the first half, and then the second half. It was the Derrick Henry show. Ryan Tannehill, 27 of 40, 347 passing yards and 27 rushing yards. And then Derrick Henry had, I think, 30 rushing yards in the first half, 150 in the second, three touchdowns. But look at this, five receptions for 55 yards also for Derrick Henry. My gosh, what a huge game for him. Julio Jones got very involved in the action, six for 128. A.J. Brown on social media posted yesterday that he couldn't even catch COVID. If uh, if it was out there yesterday, he had a terrible game, three for 43 for him. Now, on the side of Seattle, it was going great for them until their defense just completely fell apart. 22 of 31 for Russ, 343 passing yards and two touchdowns. Chris Carson got in the end zone a couple of times once they put the ball in the one off a penalty and he scored. Lockett was great, eight for 178 and a score. Freddie Swain also scored a touchdown in a quiet game for Metcalf, although 11 fantasy points. You know, certainly not the end of the world. But Davis, boy, I mean, I've never owned Derrick Henry. This is the first time I've owned him in a fantasy league. And I only got him because I didn't get Kamara. I was shocked that Henry didn't go. And here I am watching this game thinking, like, like he's the one guy when you have him in fantasy you are, and, and he's doing this, you're like, oh, I won this week. And I think that on the opposite, if you played against Derrick Henry this week, you lost. Yeah, uh, Henry is uh, definitely doing his thing. I mean, really rebounded from the poor performance last week. The Titans as a whole in the second half just look so much better than they did in week one. So, uh, you know, I guess uh, you know, I feel good about Julio Jones. Obviously, A.J. Brown is going to be fine. I am 0% concerned about A.J. Brown. Not concerned about D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. If you have him, you're feeling very good uh, about him. If you have Russ, given where he went in drafts, you're feeling pretty good. Tannehill with uh, with a decent fantasy game, though, uh, was not able to add any touchdowns because Derrick Henry took all of them. I guess the, the big thing here is if Derrick Henry is going to add 45 receptions this year to you know his already crazy rushing, that puts him in a different tier of fantasy player. You know, that's basically like adding five touchdowns to Derrick Henry's tally, uh, you know, and then obviously it's a little bit easier to gain yards as a receiver. So I, I, if Henry if Henry is going to be this player, then a lot of my preseason analysis is going to go up in smoke, you know, no no doubt about that. Yeah, that, was, that was shocking. And I don't think he, he had – did he have any targets in the first half? I think it was all second half. But usually McNichols, I think, is the guy that they bring in. But – uh, but Henry was was just so good in that game. Um, okay, uh, final game of the day was the uh, Ravens and Kansas City Chiefs. And, and of course, this game was just amazing. It was back and forth throughout. Lamar Jackson, what a game he had. Over 100 rushing yards, three touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and, and won you a league last night, most likely. Tyson Williams 
pretty solid. 77 rush yards, two receptions, and 16 yards. He's the primary guy, it would appear, although uh, I, I do believe Murray was involved. Uh, Marquise Brown, six receptions, 113 and a touchdown. And then Mark Andrews, 10 fantasy points for Andrews on Sunday night. On the side of the Chiefs, as Davis mentioned, nothing wrong with Patrick Mahomes' game. 343 passing yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Byron Pringle scored a touchdown, two for 63 and a score, and so did Demarcus Robinson, three for 46 and a score. And Travis Kelsey, Mr. Reliable, seven for 109 and a touchdown. And, of course, the game was actually, you know, kind of overshadowed fantasy, I'm sure. I mean, with the way that that thing ended and just all the plays that went down in that game. But Lamar Jackson, I mean, what are you going to say, Davis? He was just, he was so good yesterday. Yeah, Lamar was incredible. His touchdown pass to Marquise Brown, he, he's basically getting hit, and it's a jump throw that travels 42 yards down the field. I mean, it was phenomenal. Some interesting fantasy usage in this game, though. Tyreek uh, only has, I think, six PPR points. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 13 for 43. Daryl Williams scores the short yardage touchdown. Apparently, CH was in a medical tent. Uh, that That's what someone told me on Twitter. I don't know if that's actually true, but Daryl Williams takes the goal line rushing touchdown there. Probably more concerning, though, I mean, CH, it, it is what it is. Like, I, I think we probably have seen the, the end of him as being a guy who we're even going to want to start in fantasy. It's very sad, but it is what it is. But Tyson Williams looks like the best running back on the Ravens roster by a lot, but they're giving Latavius Murray the goal line carries, and they were even giving Devonta Freeman snaps last night as well. You know, Devonta Freeman, like, basically, like, back from the dead. Was he even in the NFL last year? He, 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 I guess he was technically on the Giants last Giants. year. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I had completely, completely forgotten that. But he rushes twice last night, plays 10 snaps. Uh, Latavius Murray involved at the goal line. He plays 27 snaps, so that's 36%. And then Tyson, you know, obviously, I, I thought, looked the best. He plays 49% of the snaps, is targeted twice in the passing game, catches both of them, uh, does not score a touchdown. He did score the uh, the 31-yard touchdown in week one, 13 for 77. I, I, I still think that I, you know, I feel good about adding Tyson on the waiver wire for all my fantasy teams, but this Latavius Murray stuff is very aggravating because he is going to need some goal line carries to be really valuable for fantasy, and he is not getting them right now. Yeah, look, the Ravens, you know, they seem to always use multiple guys. We, we will never know how that would have worked out this year with Dobbins. We don't know how it would have worked out with Edwards, but it feels like the same script is being drawn up where multiple guys will be used. But Freeman is the surprising one. Like, that that was not one that, that I saw coming, getting a couple carries in that game yesterday. All right, coming up, we got fantasy or reality next. So we're going to touch on a number of different topics, including uh, the Tom Brady. I mean, what more can be said about Tom Brady at this point? The guy has just been uh, unstoppable. In, in fantasy and reality. So we'll talk, we'll touch on him again. We'll talk about the Raiders and their hot start. And uh, in case you missed it, the Emmys were last night. So we'll have a fun subject on that as well. So stay on the grid. We'll come back and wrap up fantasy sports today with our fantasy reality. Don't go away.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. NFL Network reporting T.J. Watt. Looks like he could play uh, potentially even this week. I know he missed most of the game against the Raiders this past week. And Davis also reporting that Carson Wentz is not dealing with one but two sprained ankles. I'm going to give you your final opportunity here. I gave it to you before the preseason started. I'm going to give you one more chance here. Is it? Are you, are you ready to get all aboard the Jacob Eason train? Because once he wins a game or two, Colts are not looking back. It's Jacob Eason or bust from this point forward. Not You're not in, correct? Still not in? Not in. I, I think the Colts are just going to be bad. Um, look, looks like a, a bad division overall, just lots of bad teams uh, in, in that division, and I, I don't think the Colts are going to be the best of that bad group. No, they will definitely uh, 0-2 already. Not a, not a great start for them. We'll see if Wentz could even play this week. Okay, let's turn it over to our producer, Brett Levy. He's all excited for Friday night Syracuse Liberty showdown here is fantasy or reality of course i'm ready for friday night syracuse liberty craig we just beat albany so now we gotta go beat up on liberty dino babers asking for everyone to come pack the loud house we're excited no one else is in america other than syracuse fans but las vegas has been on fire craig you mentioned it earlier might be the most surprising 2-0 start for any team in the nfl and davis we'll start with you for this one the las vegas raiders the 2-0 las vegas raiders Will make the NFL playoffs? Is this a fantasy or reality? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we are. Uh, I don't know where we're getting these fantasy realities. I feel like Craig maybe, uh, you know, asked you to do this one. I, I think that there is uh, not not only are they not going to make the playoffs, I think they're probably are going to finish fourth in inside of this division. I mean, this is a tough division. You have the Kansas City Chiefs, who even after that loss to the Ravens last night are Super Bowl favorites. 
You have the Los Angeles Chargers, who have one of the five or six best quarterbacks in football. I mean, Herbert made a throw yesterday, uh, a 42-yard completion to Keenan Allen, where I, I literally do – I don't think Mahomes could make it. I certainly don't think, you know, Brady and Manning at their peaks could have made it. It was one of the most absurd throws I have ever seen. And then, by the way – the Denver Broncos are, you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna win the division. They're not gonna make the playoffs, but they are huge favorites against the Jets. So they're probably gonna start out three and zero. Then they play at the Steelers. They get uh, a home game to the Washington Football Team. They get a home game to the Philadelphia Eagles. They get to play the Lions. They get to play the Bengals. I think the Broncos could win nine games, right? And then so if they win one of those games against the Las Vegas Raiders, that maybe even gets them to 10 wins. The Broncos are not making the playoffs. The Broncos are not better than the Chargers. The Broncos are not better than the Chiefs. So all, all due respect to Derek Carr, all due respect to John Gruden, uh, this is an eight-win team that uh, is not going to make the playoffs in the AFC West. Though I, I guess, I, I could we see three playoff teams could we see both the second and uh the first and second wild card teams coming from this division would be insane for that to happen the afc north would have to be really bad but i i could see that happening craig well i mean look the, the afc south does not appear to be very good uh if miami loses their quarterback i mean you may only have one good team in that division i don't see why it's 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 that far-fetched and and furthermore I, I mean, how many years in a row, Davis, you're going to watch the Chargers and still believe that there's something there? It is not. I mean, this team is going to blow it somehow. They do it every year. I am not a believer at all in the Chargers. I'm definitely not a believer in Denver. And I'm actually not a believer in the Raiders either. But, I mean, 9-8 and eight does get you in. They're 2-0. and oh. You're telling me the Raiders can't go 7-8 and eight in the next 15? I mean, that, that seems to be reasonable. I mean, this team just beat Pittsburgh. And Baltimore in back-to-back weeks. I mean, I think that that was the toughest part of their schedule. Uh, they'll lose both to Kansas City most likely, but uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to look. This is the uh, f- look. As badly as the Chargers blow it, the Raiders have blown it worse the last two years. I think that that is a fair assessment. They've completely gone in the tank after looking pretty good. I think this is the year they get it done. Seven and eight uh, in the final 15 games. They go nine and eight. Brett. Pencil the Raiders in in Vegas for a uh, for a playoff game this year. One and done. All right. We will pencil the Raiders into the postseason, uh, and we will check back in when at the end of the season when we can actually determine that. But Tom Brady, for the time being, has been unbelievable. Five TDs again on Sunday. Uh, he's now thrown four TDs in his last six regular season games, so... Uh, He's on a tear. He is 44 years old. So, Craig, we're going to ask you, Tom Brady is the greatest 44-year-old athlete of all time. Is this a fantasy or reality? It it makes you think because you go back and and you ask yourself, like George Foreman fighting uh, in his 40s, is that valid? Does that put him ahead of Brady? Uh, Gordy Howe in the NHL, he he made an, he made All Star teams twice in his 40s. He actually came back and played, I believe, for Hartford. Gordy Howe did at the age of 52. There are also some tennis players who have played a long time. And and I hate to be a prisoner of the moment and just look at yesterday or look at his first two games or look at the Super Bowls and just say yes. 
but I'm having a hard time coming up with anybody else. Maybe I'm just not doing enough research here, but uh, Gordy Howe and, and, and big George Foreman are really the only ones that I, I think come close. And Foreman, by the way, when he was boxing and winning championships in his 40s, uh, they were against like Michael Moore and no one else. So I'm going to say reality here. I'm, I, I mean, I got to do it. I mean, Brady is still playing at an unbelievably high level. Remember last year at 43, at this time last year, Tom Brady forgot how many uh, you know, downs there were in the game. We were talking about maybe him being done. I mean, not even close. It was a horrible take by anybody who said it. And uh, and I'm going to say reality, Davis. I mean, I, I mean what, am I missing someone? Is there someone out there that I'm missing? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple guys who were like, great athletes while they were in their their prime who who played until their 40s so that's like kareem abdul jabbar uh barry bonds david ortiz you you see it in hockey with goalies right martin brodeur played into his 40s uh chris chelios played until his 40s uh the 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 tall guy on the boston bruins zidane ochara played until uh his 40s Favre played uh until he was 41 but I mean, come on. These guys were were hanging on at the end of their career. They were, you know, role players. They were contributing in a way that uh, did not match how good they were earlier in their careers. Tom Brady is winning Super Bowls and throwing five touchdowns in a game. And I don't even like Tom Brady. In fact, I I really don't like Tom Brady. Like all all of his his personality, his shtick. The like, oh, I don't I don't eat strawberries. I don't eat. Uh, I don't eat any anything that causes inflammation. Like all of the, the TB12, I like. I really don't like Tom Brady, but this is a reality. I mean, of course, he is the greatest 44 year old athlete of all time. Guy, guys, like uh, the the Buccaneers are the second favorite to win the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, Tom Brady is the greatest 44 year old athlete of all time. It's a reality. Yeah, it also hit me yesterday watching that game. Just how fortunate Tampa, the city of Tampa Bay is to have that going on. Like, that was a washed franchise. I think you mentioned the name Dirk Cutter last week here. Like, that was a team going nowhere. They weren't selling out the games. You cannot even get into that stadium to buy a ticket. And I covered the Bucks for many years in Tampa, and I lived in that area. I lived in Sarasota. What an amazing feeling it must be for those fans to have that going on. Really, really something else to watch that yesterday. All right, Brett, what else we got? All right. Well, last night was the Emmys. And because I guess it's award show season, we're going to compare award shows. So, Davis, we'll start with you for this one. The Emmys are better than the Academy Awards, also known as the Oscars. Is this a fantasy or reality? Well, uh, I, I, this is not for me. This maybe would have been something that I would have had an opinion on, um, you know, I don't know, four or five years ago, but like, uh, tuning into the Emmys, tuning into the Academy Awards, you know, whether, you know, so, so we have, uh, you know, we have awards for TV, we have awards for movies, uh, the Grammys are, are the music ones. I, I gotta be honest. I just like, don't, I don't track this stuff enough. Like, I don't know what's supposed to be good. I don't know what is supposed to be like, you know, culturally relevant or what is like mass produced kind of like trash. I know that people were excited to see all of the awards that uh, that Ted Lasso won. I, I honestly I, I have not watched Ted Lasso yet, not because I'm like don't want to watch it or something, just because I I haven't yet. I like you know that's on one of my my lists of things to do and to get done. So I I will say I guess I I actually at this stage of my life prefer 
television to most new movies that come out. Like most new movies, I don't get that excited about. I tend to get more excited for like sequels to things I watched when I was a kid because I am, I'm apparently an old man now. So I'll, I'll say reality. I would probably be more interested in watching something that is Emmy nominated than Academy Award nominated. And, and, and I would agree. I think it's a reality for me, but this is not always the way that I would view it, Davis, because I was somebody that really enjoyed going to the movies. And, and, I, and I had seen at least one or two movies that was up for the Academy Awards. What the Academy Awards has done at this point is just basically parade your, your most popular celebrities for two minute intervals on TV. And I haven't seen any of the movies, so I have really nothing to compare to. But my wife was watching this last night. I did peek in on it because we do watch Ted Lasso and, and, and very excited to see that show win a lot of awards. I think Shit's Creek won uh, the year before a lot of awards. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say reality because I've actually seen some of these streaming shows and they're obviously incorporating those into the Emmys, which of course they should be. So I'm going to say reality. I, I still am stunned, Davis, that you haven't, especially with being the soccer fan that you are, that you haven't even started Ted Lasso. Uh, you know, I, I will say that the, that the the most recent episode of Ted Lasso, Davis, the one that just streamed this past week because we are caught up was by far the worst episode of the entire series. But other than that, it's been fantastic. So I am surprised that you haven't started it, at least. Well, I mean, so here's the deal. I, d I don't watch TV by myself. I assume you are I assume you are probably in a similar category. Like, there's, yeah. there's, you're not, you're, there's not a show that you're sitting there watching. And right. my significant other, she does not care about sports at all. Doesn't watch football with me on Sunday. Not watching soccer with me on Saturday morning doesn't care you know i am watching the ou game uh saturday afternoon she doesn't care like it just it just does not register to her so it is a it is a hard sell for me to be like okay we're gonna watch this show it's about a sport but it's not really about a sport like it's more about like you know the personality and jason Tudakis is really good like it's just it, it's not uh that's not a, a selling point that is going to get her interested in the show yeah, I, I I would bet I would bet if you got her to watch the first two episodes that that you guys would watch them all the way through. That's that's my guess on it too because my wife is, doesn't care about sports either, but she really looks forward to uh, watching that show. And and she also no football on Sunday for her, no baseball uh, during the season, none of that too. And 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 that is a show that she does like. But my gosh, this past week they had an episode that was unconscionable it was like the war i don't even know what in the world was going on if anybody who watched it you guys know what i'm talking about I, I don't know this past week was just a disaster of an episode all right coming up next we got the sports grid 60 and then we will say so long for this action-packed monday we've reviewed every single game from a fantasy perspective for you here on this show one more game to go tonight we'll be back right here on fantasy sports today stay on the grid SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Well, I I just want to pour one out for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I hated him when he got drafted. I was so mad at Brad Feach and the Chiefs for drafting him. And then I changed my tune because, hey, look, Kansas City Chiefs running back, going to catch some passes. He caught a ton of passes at LSU. It's it's been a long and sorted uh, story with me and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I I have him in all these dynasty leagues. I thought he was going to do great. Drafted him in the first round a bunch last year. Drafted him in the third round a bunch this year. Chiefs are milking the clock. They're about to win the game. It's a great comeback story. It was an amazing Sunday night football game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. He fumbles, and now we're going to be looking at a, a three-way timeshare between Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jarek McKinnon, and Darrell Williams. I, I, I had the best hopes. I had the best intentions. And uh, just uh, rest in peace, sweet prince, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We'll, we'll miss you, bud. All right, well. Hopefully not the case for Davis's Chiefs. Tough, tough loss for Davis last night. Still, uh, still reeling from that. Uh, I, I'm sort of reeling here uh, after the Gators lost to Alabama. After all, had Florida kicked an extra point, they may have tied that game and, and maybe even won it in overtime. Uh, I, I attended the University of Florida. I actually graduated from there in 1995. And yesterday, or excuse me, Saturday was the first Gator game ever that I can remember losing and not feeling bad. That's a weird phenomenon to have your team lose and not really feel that bad. A little disappointed, but kind of felt okay with it. And that's strange. Like, I don't ever remember that happening, watching the Gators lose. But it's supposed to show you, I guess, how good Alabama is. And hopefully Florida will get another opportunity to play them in the SEC championship game. That will do it for our show here on this Monday. Thanks to Kyle over at LTN. Thanks, uh, of course, on the graphics. We have Danny and Ryan doing a great job. Uh, For our producer, Brett Levy, and my co-host, Davis Maddock, I'm Craig Mish. I will be off tomorrow, so Dave will be here with George Kurtz. I'll see you again on Wednesday, and I hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Enjoy Monday Night Football as well. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.